When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome back to The Handmade Podcast, episode 11. Um, This is a huge milestone that we made it past episode 10, and we're back. Uh, Paul Pinto, Derek from Alden, I'm Chris Zephyr, Make Everything. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk about uh, Paul, who has been buying school buses on Facebook Marketplace so that he can jump them all like Evil Knievel on his (laughs) new toy. What did you buy this week? Well, I bought probably the smallest motorcycle that's technically still a motorcycle you can buy i got a honda um honda monkey i think actually a bomb has the same one. Oh god yeah i think a bomb because <laughs> i, I went I heard his I, screaming I, I, t- I typed in videos about it and then one of his popped up and he bought like a red one but i bought a blue honda monkey it's so nice like i'm really impressed with the quality of like the way it's built like it's super nice everything's perfect on it uh, the paint is beautiful. Like it's just, it's just fun. It's 125 cc, like barely a motorcycle, not really, um, but it still has a clutch and everything. It's four speed, and I've just been having a lot of fun, like driving around the, my neighborhood streets. You know, nice. the thing will barely do 50. So that's but funny. It, but it, it's still 50. Is like I used to do the mopeds, and the mopeds were yeah. like 26, 27. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, oh, like that's pretty good. And then once you go like faster Downhill, than that, yeah. you're, you're moving. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had a Vespa, like oh, when yeah. I was like 16 or 17, like a legit one. And it was r- really nice too, but it barely like, you know, it did like 30 maybe. But Downhill. that was more expensive than this thing. Those Vespas are a lot of money. Yeah, they're not but cheap. this thing is cool. I'm just going to keep, like I was telling Derek about it, I'm just going to keep it for forever until my, you know, I have kids and stuff. And it's just going to be like a old vintage motorcycle because it looks like it's from the 60s or 70s right now like that's mm-hmm. the style of it it's basically a honda grom if people know what that is it's a honda grom that looks like it's from the 60s it's really yeah. cool that's you guys got to get some now that's what i learned to yeah the grom on. looks more like a uh like a little naked like sports bike. bike yeah i think uh nicholas had a grom for a I little while i was talking to him about it yeah he used to ride it back and forth from school would you take that like over to your shop no, my shop's too far because I got to go on Route 8, which is like a freaking death trap, even even in a car. But, yeah, I'm not going on the highways with this thing. This is literally 
just for within a two miles of my house. Maybe I'll take it to the beach, which is like a couple of miles away. That's about it. I'm too nervous. Like I, I, I don't want to, anytime I see cars, I like dip down a side street. Like I don't even want to be near other cars. I just want to cruise around <laughs> for like 10 minutes every day. <laughs> He's just saying that. should bring it up uh, to Jimmy's house. Take it on the dirt bike track. Take it on the dirt bike track. I, yeah, I should take. I take it to the uh, the race car track that he mm-hmm. now owns. I'll zip it around. It's perfect size for that. That's fun though. That's that sounds like it's a fun toy. It's really fun. It's like I, I don't know how much more fun a bigger motorcycle could be. Like uh, doing what I'm doing. It's probably you know, this is probably as fun as it's gonna get for me. At least what I want to do. But it is a little goofy looking. Like I'm like you know I'm not tiny but i'm not huge but i'm i don't know 180 pounds like 510 on this little teeny tiny motorcycle you know it doesn't even make sense to most of the people probably looking at me but i don't know it's fun it's like when the big guys get a uh, like a uh, sports so they say you look like a, oh yeah he's screwing a football you know but what brought all this on well like, honestly i don't even know well no i was at my friend johnny's house I was at my friend Johnny's house and his brother, his younger brother bought like a Yamaha, like 400 CC Yamaha from like the seventies. It was like a 76 or 70 something. And then they're like, Oh, you got to drive it. I'm like, okay. And I drove, I'm like, this is so fun. I got to get something now. And I was looking on eBay or no Facebook marketplace for like older motorcycles. And I'm like, God, these look too much like motorcycles. My parents aren't going to go for this. So I had to (laughs) present this to them as it's guys, it's, it's not even a motorcycle. It's just, I can it's run just like, faster than it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because my sister has a little tiny dirt bike that she uses at horse shows, and it's a 125. So I'm like, guys, it's the same exact thing. It just has a clutch. And they're like, well, we if we bought her one, we have to like, you know, let him buy one. So <laughs> nice. So that's how I swung that. So that was my my way in. Maybe your sister will get a Holly one day, and then you'll, yeah, you know, get yeah. One. She'd probably be allowed to get one before <laughs> me. That's how I got away with my first bike. I had a bunch of the the mopeds. I was buying like these old seventies mopeds, and they were yeah. fifties. And then I bought my my first motorcycles that the Royal Enfield, the two fifty. And um, when I got it, you know, Matt and my other friends that ride motorcycles, they were like, "Oh, it's a two fifty. It's like a scooter." So when I brought it home, my parents were like, "What did you buy?" I was like, "It's basically just a big scooter. Like it's only a two fifty. <laughs> they're like, "How fast could it go?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. Like." 50 miles an hour meanwhile like 250 you can go as fast as you want to go yeah Yeah. um actually it's a 350 the bullet oh is it but anyway i i had it all good and then my brother one day was like he didn't buy a moped he bought a full-blown motorcycle oh and my parents flipped out but they got got over it our friend had a uh, motorcycle growing up kid we rode with and his parents never knew he parked it around the corner from the house and oh, that's it's funny. the craziest thing. Yeah. He would just walk. They, he lived like four houses down from the corner and he'd park. It was like a little street between two streets. So it's just like a real quiet street and you just leave it there. You just walk around the corner, get on it. It was a Kawasaki. So it had the helmet lock on it. So he'd lock his helmet on it and just get on it and ride, you know, it's funny, but parents don't like yeah, it. There's yeah. been a couple of kids around here have done that. <laughs> You know, it's so fun, though. Like, there's nothing. There's probably nothing better. But I'm yeah. still scared. Like, I'm like, I don't know. You should I, you should remain scared. 
Yeah, yeah. cell phones ruined it. Cell phones ruined riding a motorcycle. Oh, why people texting just, and yeah, just nobody pays attention. It's yeah, just horrible. It's just you know, that's why when I got rid of mine, I wasn't happy about it, but I wasn't totally disappointed because it just took the joy out of riding it. You know, I used to like yeah. to ride every day to work, and it just you know, it's such a chore worrying about what everybody else is doing. You know, so. Oh, good luck with it. Be you safe. do get way more vigilant, though. Like, like when you're on it, you pay attention to the road and other cars ten times more than you do when you're in a car. Like, I'm mm-hmm. looking at everything, mm-hmm. like every you know stick in there, every pothole, every person approaching me who's behind me. It's interesting. You're like way more alert, which I guess is good. But I also I feel like you also notice more. Uh, of like your surroundings in general, aside from paying attention to other stuff on the road. But like, I know when I ride my bike through the same neighborhoods that I've driven, you know, a million times, I always feel like I see different things. Like I'll notice, you know, like a a different neighborhood or a different house or something uh, Mm -hmm. that I'd never really seen before. Just because your, your like head is on a swivel the whole time in a car. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of like 50% paying attention to begin with. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. do you miss riding Derek? Yeah, I do. But I mean, I look at it realistically, like I I was talking to my brother the other day and he was talking, he's got a brand new bike. And, you know, I I always think like, oh, that would be so much fun. And a buddy of mine, um, we used to ride to Washington, D.C. You know, it's like 10 hours from here. We used to do it every year. Yeah. For Memorial Day. And um, we'd go down there for like Rolling Thunder. And he's like in his 70s and he still rides. And he did this big, long post about the friends he's made, the places he's been, and, like, some of his best memories were riding. And it's, like, mine, too, you know? Like, it it just – it's brought me so many places, and I've met so many people. Like, I I feel bad when I think about it. But now it was, like, that was, like, a stage of my life. And now the people I'm involved with now, it it would be fun, but – it's different. You know, I, I just don't have the time for it. And that's what kind of ruined it. You know, when you're going to work every day and you're walking by it, you know, to pay for it, or you can't just enjoy it. And, you know, it, it just, it sucks. It kind of ruins it. And, but you know, now it's like, you got to pick what you want to do in life. Like, do you want to hang out with the guys at the motorcycles or do you want to guy hang out with the guys that make shit? Like, you know what I mean? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? You know, it's like, you know, like you were saying, Paul, like you, the, the wakeboarding, it's like it's fun. But unless you're into boating and you can do it like, yeah, it's fun yeah. once in a while. But like if that's not your thing, you're never going to get to do it because you're too busy doing other things. You know, yeah, so I do miss it a lot. We used to go out. My wife used to like to ride with me. So we used to have a lot of fun with it. You know, we enjoyed it. So, you know, who knows? Maybe someday. Get a monkey. We could all. Oh, we could get. You guys both need to get monkeys. We'll go yeah. around Jimmy's, by Jimmy's house. Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring one my Harley uh, up towards Jimmy's and ride yeah. around up there. But yeah. I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to hit a deer or something. Like that's the. Other I'm more thing. Of afraid of hitting a deer than I am of hitting a car up there. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Because that yeah. would just be like the worst thing ever. Yeah. That's why I a keep it or something. I keep it around. Yeah. I keep it around twenty-five. There you yeah. go. You'd be surprised you that, how that is when something comes out, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I, I believe you. It's like, yeah. but the problem, I would go, you know, I'll go 25 on my bike, my bicycle. Like, yeah. I used to have a road, yeah. I still have the road bike, but I used to, like, 
ride that way more further than I ride this motorcycle. Like I used to go all over the place. Did like, you have like the spandex pants and everything? Oh yeah, I was legit. I used to go like 20, 30 miles. <laughs> I was really into it. Like <laughs> we need but, to put uh, him in his spandex outfit. Yeah. Oh, you should have seen my dad. I bought him one one what? time. Oh my god. It was a disaster. It was such a disaster, Derek. Because I had the <laughs> I had the clip uh clip in pedals. Because that's what you have to do. And you know, it's oh, you have to god, twist yeah. your heel out sideways. Oh god. He is, is like something's wrong with him and he couldn't <laughs> do it. And I took him literally out my driveway down the street like a hundred feet and he f- fell completely over on his side. And had this humongous bruise. It was like the size of like a melon on it on his that, side. And it looked like we kept joking. It looked like his kidney was gonna fall out. Like oh it was God. so bad. We would just torture the guy. We the literally first, torture him every day. First, the last father son project. Yeah, the bike. Well, that road bike, bike got sold. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it did. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. really and then my friend dropped mine. My friend yeah. Drew, I let him ride it around. He dropped it and scratched it all up. So yeah. I don't know. You can't, you can't win. You can't win. You can't yeah. treat anything like that as precious, uh, you know. Like it's the same yeah. thing. I mean, the, the bike that you got is pretty small, so it's probably pretty hard to lay it over. But like, I remember the yeah. first time I like, you know, put out my kickstand and it it like didn't land right, and like I almost uh, put my bike down when I had the the Enfield. <laughs> I was like, like devastated, you know. Like put it down yeah. on its side, and you're like, uh, ah. Yeah. But it's like anything. You get it's precious yeah. for like a month, and then you're just like, ah. Eh. It. it's just another tool the motorcycle is just another tool i i thought of that this weekend i was gonna go wash my truck and i'm like ah screw it and i'm like saying i haven't washed it in like two months and it's like you know i used to be like i'm never gonna let this thing go like oh, two weeks without getting washed but after a while it's like yeah car wash is all the way over there yeah <laughs> all set at least you can go to the car wash. I can't bring the stupid van to the car wash. I wish you gotta I go to a truck wash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that ain't that thing's, yeah, that thing's too big. That ain't happening. That's it's, yeah, it's a just, lot. Uh, that's a lot to wash. It rains pretty often here, so that's yeah. all. That, that's all I'm really worried yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. That freaking van. But so, uh, so Paul got a new motorcycle. Derek, what have you been up to this week? Um. I um did I get anything new? The only uh, new thing I got, I didn't get anything exciting. I got a new tool that I played with a little bit the other day, the die grinder. But um, nothing. I just been hustling. I was um, the sign I'm working on. I tell you, the thing is so nice, and I'm not gonna post any pictures of it. But it's um, it's probably the nicest sign I ever made. It came out beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. But um, it's funny, somebody guessed that I was making the sign to Wrigley Field. And I looked at it, and it does kind of look like that. So I don't know if subconsciously I saw that sign and try to replicate that. But, um, but no, I was just um, busy trying to get some things done. I'm not in quite a rush anymore because things change. But um, I don't know. I, um, I, I have to start cleaning my shop. I'm looking around it, and it's just a complete disaster. So that's, um, I got to, I know I the gotta, feeling. Uh, yeah, no, it just, you know what it is? I did a couple things where it was like, I was routing something and, uh, I couldn't use dust collection and it was bad. And I was just like, I don't give a shit. And there is like dust and sawdust everywhere. And I'm saying to myself, I don't even know how I'm going to clean it. Like it's just, it's everywhere. 
it's uh, it's like you almost have to set up like negative pressure and use a leaf blower that's what i think you get to that point yeah i have that exhaust fan on my door i think i'm just going to turn that up and then just blow it all right out the back just because it's just such a mess you know but i have to spend some time here and just do a serious cleanup because just things are everywhere but i um I just really haven't been working on much of anything. It's just I've been kind of busy working still. You know, I just worked, you know, like 76 hours last week, and that's just getting old. I'm not doing that this week. I'm taking some time off, and uh, my daughter's coming home, so it would be nice to see her. I haven't seen her since, like, Christmas, but, um, you know, just just doing that. They have my website site up. Her boyfriend did that, and uh, he did a nice job with that, so... um, I was happy about that, but other than that, it's been a slow week, you know. So let's talk about your website. So what's what's your website? So I so her boyfriend Thomas, he's really good with that stuff, and he said, "Hey, you should have a website." Because I was complaining how people always like, "Hey, do you have a website?" And I was like, "I don't." So he goes, "I can set one up for you." And um, I just took some pictures of some stuff. I sent it to it sent him to him and um, he set it up for me and I was just shocked like how good it came out it looks so nice and professional and you know it he, he did a really good job with it and um, you know so now I have it so at least people can click on it and see you know different things they can email me directly through it and um, you know I can add links to my you know social media to you know brands I work with and stuff like that so it's um it's good you know it's just a you know just out new and you know it's going to evolve a little bit but it's just nice to have a little something you know it's nothing great but it's mine you know so i like it you know so thank you thomas if you listen yeah i I looked at it and uh it's a it was a great it's a great website um and i actually i was you know the photos all looked really good and yeah um I think it'll I think it'll be really helpful for you, especially because, you know, like it's it's hard when you make different things when someone asks you, like, well, what can you build? And you tell them, like, just whatever, you know, like, that's what I always tell people. They're like, oh, well, you know, like, what what do you do? I'm like, well, what do you need done? And just, yeah, tell you. Yeah, people want to see it. But I think it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I have to do a better job taking pictures of things, I think. Everybody, when they're done with something, they're so sick of looking at it. They just want it gone. But you really need to take the time to, you know, take some good pictures so you have them. And, you know, because a couple of the pictures I had to ask people, hey, can you take a picture of this and send it to me? And it's kind of, you know, there's really no need for that. But, uh, but you know, going forward, I'm just going to do a better job taking pictures of stuff and try to keep it updated and try to make it so people can see stuff I've made, you know. That's awesome. And now, <clears throat> do you have a, do you do Amazon affiliate links now? I stopped doing it. I got to start it again. And like, that's another thing. I really need to get focused and just do what I need to do. Like I get so like spread thin that, you know, I let things go, but I really need to kind of just get focused and um, get that back up and going. And, you know, cause it just, um, it's just hard when you're busy, it's easy to let things slide, you know? So that's gonna yeah. be my new thing in twenty twenty one. Well at least now that you have the uh yeah, at least that you have the um at least that you have the website, it'll be yeah. a lot easier to do the Amazon thing. Because I know a lot of people have had problems with that and I had yeah. problems with it too. Paul, I think you did as well. Like when you do the Amazon affiliate linking thing, 
they go back part of the criteria, right? Is you have to have a website that you have the links like yeah. landing at all the time. And, you know, the beginning when I first made mine, my account got disabled because I didn't actually have anything on my website. And I've had a couple people who have made links. And at first it seems like it's working because your, your Amazon affiliate account will work for like 30 or 60 days until they catch up and actually review it. And then they'll disable it if you don't have uh, all the links landing to an actual website. So that's exactly uh, what happened. That'll be good for you. It's funny. I just got a message from a guy the other day who said, I found your uh, Instagram by a guy I watched on a sewing machine video. And he mentioned your sewing (laughs) machine. And um, he goes, uh, he had some questions about it. So it's just funny. He's a firefighter. They were looking to um, sew some leather patches, and we're talking back and forth. So That's right, the sewing machine. My my only video with a million views is that freaking sewing really? machine video. Yep. You, made that, that. you made that Chinese company like a million dollars. Yeah. I made a bunch so of Chinese companies China. a lot of money. Yeah. So many kids in China get to eat because of you. Oh, oh my that's God. great. <laughs> it's funny. A guy that I, w- I used to work with, um, and we don't really, you know, we don't really keep in touch too much. He texts me maybe like a month ago. He goes, so my girlfriend has been, you know, wanting to make leather bags. Like this is all during quarantine. He's like, she's been wanting to do more leather stuff and blah, blah, blah. He goes, so she tells me she wants a leather sewing machine. And my first thought was, oh, they're so expensive. And she goes, no, I found one that's really cheap. She goes, here, let me show you the video. And I guess before he could actually look at the video, he heard it. And as soon as he heard it, he was like, wait a second. I know that voice. And he goes, and it was you. He goes, you son of a bitch. I was like, yeah, you know, no, it's great. You and uh, a million other people. Did you catch um, Jimmy's new video yet with the um, the cup holder thing? No, like, I need to watch it. Pictures. There's, there's a scene, and I don't want to spoil it, but it's not Jimmy sewing. But um, they're using the Weaver sewing machine. And the way he did it was they sewed. So he's stitching the cups, and as he pushes one through, the next one is queued up. So they just keep pushing them, and they're all linked together. But my point being is the the sewing machine. It's a close up of that. That thing is such a beast. That weave a sewing machine. It's like unbelievable. Like it just it stitches leather. Like it's real thick leather, and it's just unbelievable how it just goes right through it. It's like zero effort. You know, it's just such a beautiful machine. But it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, know? mine's not like that. The hundred yeah, the yeah. hundred dollar one is not yeah, like that. Yeah. I did the other day though. I I read. Did a, I did a couple little modifications to it because that machine, um, the $100 sewing machine, the presser foot can rotate. And that's one of the problems with it uh, when you're using it with the motor. So when you're using it with the motor, the presser foot just like kind of moves and turns. So I made a little way to keep it going straight. And I was actually trying to sew some stuff straight on. But I'm going to get rid of my heavy duty sewing machine that for fabric and probably try to get like a, a juki walking foot that I can do like motorcycle seats and stuff with just because I want to be able to do like heavy kind of vinyl upholstery stuff for some projects. And you know, it's those, the machines like the weavers are unbelievable. They just like go through the leather, you know, they sew like they're sewn through, you know, whatever cotton. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they really, they really, uh, and it's, it's too bad because it's like I have my sewing machines upstairs in my uh, kids' old playroom, 
and I never use them. And it's just, I really want to get that room set up so I can have like my 3D printer and, you know, maybe a laser cutter or something in there. But it's just a shame I never use those machines. I have no room down here for them, but mm-hmm. I really need to utilize them more because I was doing a, a no, no, I wouldn't say a lot of work with leather, but a little bit of it. And I really enjoyed it, you know, so I want to kind of get back into it, but that room's kind of like a spare room now, so it kind of catches all the junk in this. But I really would like to get those set up, you know, properly to use them, you know. So yeah, they take up so much space; it's mm-hmm. it, it's tough. And that's kind of one of the nice things about that little cheap hundred dollar one is it is so small. Yeah, you know, it's you can just put it under a table. You know, it's I have mine on a piece of plywood that's maybe like twelve by eighteen versus Mm -hmm. and and for what it is it can do a lot of work and obviously since it can sew heavy material it could obviously sew light material as well so that's why when i was thinking about getting rid of my my singer machine or or Mm -hmm. whatever it is it's a brother Mm i was like you know and anytime i need to sew something most of the time i can use like my regular kind of home kit sewing machine or that hand crank one and the hand crank one is so much easier to use than even a mm-hmm. regular sewing machine because you just like yeah. do it. Like I know Paul, you're not doing so much of you know making sheaths yeah. or anything before, but the idea of making sheaths by hand now that I have a way to stitch them, oh, it's that's like, crazy. I, you know, even just to make a simple sheath, just to ship a knife. You know, like when you want when you ship somebody a custom knife, maybe it's not getting like a beautiful handmade sheath but just to get it to them so they have like a little extra thing yeah you know, i can make a the other day i made a little thing to hold my business cards in my pocket it took me like four minutes yeah you know as opposed to sitting there with punching and punching them and then you know hand stitching all the stitch. stuff together oh my god yeah you got to much work machines that hundred dollar one's amazing that it even functions for that price because these it's, like, it's ridiculous fever one probably like a couple thousand dollars I know probably it's the same, but yeah. it was kind of the, like the same thing in a way. I yeah. think it's like anything, right? It's like you buy a, you know, you buy a cheap, you know, like garbage drill press and then you, you know, buy a, a nice drill press. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't think you buy the hundred dollar sewing machine and use it, you know, to make, you know, uh, a $4,000 yeah, chair. Maybe you do. Yeah. But at a certain point you go, Hey, you know what? I've, I'm making, making enough money where it's it's worth it i was actually talking to uh steve pellegrino who you guys both know Mm -hmm. um about engraving he uh was having a knife engraved with a fiber laser you know which is fiber lasers can they can uh, a normal laser engraver can't engrave into metal it can only remove a coating on metal uh, which is what i know jimmy's been doing so fiber lasers can actually etch into the steel so they can also cut metal if they're really big so uh craig lockwood actually who's a pretty integral part of the makery network he just bought one so that he could engrave his knives um in-house and it was like about three thousand dollars and it's pretty small though the work envelope is maybe like maybe like eight inches by eight inches Mm -hmm. and steve was getting one of his knives engraved and i thought maybe he went out and bought the one that Craig had bought and he said, Oh no, it was at a local makerspace. And I said, honestly, I looked into these ones that are about three grand and they seem like pretty good. You know, they're all Chinese import and whatever. And and Steve said, you know, I just, he goes, I would be worried to buy one for $3,000 and save a couple grand and have it not last long term. 
And my response was like, I, you know, I agree. And $3,000 is not really a small amount of money, but you know, the difference, if it's between 3000 and 10,000 and you can use it, you know, for a couple of years, I feel like I would rather use something. I would rather save the 7,000 now. And, you know, hopefully in three years when that machine breaks or two years, I've used that machine to make enough money where buying the next machine is, you know, is a little bit easier. I feel like you could kind of justify the same with the, sh- the crappy sewing machine. Like the we- the Weaver sewing machines that they sell that are motorized are $3,500. One of them is $10,000. I was going to say, one's ten- yeah, one of them is $10,000. they are not cheap. Yeah. But, but, but we about- saw these in uh, England, and they were unbelievable. Oh, yeah. How about this bad boy? Oh, is that from Cliff? Yeah. If you go on Derek from Malden, at Derek from Malden on Instagram, you can see the unbelievable two knives that he got from our friend Cliff Dustin. So nice. I was so excited when I got these. He's so good. He's in like a different caliber of black guy. Like there's plenty of people that could just like hit things with a hammer and kind of get it into like the general shape of things. But like – It's just unbelievable. It's so clean. His work is so clean. It's like him, like Jacob Farum, and then Pat, you know, from Center for, what's it, Center for Metal Arts. You know, Mm -hmm. that guy, his thing is hand-forged in VT. That Mm -hmm. guy's crazy, like the stuff he makes. All those guys are so good. It's funny because I was like, can you send me a picture of the knife? He he goes, I did one better. He sends me a video of him using it. (laughs) It's just like, you know, everything he does is just good. But yeah, so did you guys listen to uh, his interview on the Full Blast podcast with yeah. Jeff Hader? No, I'll have to listen to it. We good? I didn't get a chance to finish it, but he's just got a really interesting background, and he's done a lot of really interesting stuff. Uh, everybody, go follow at CJ Dufton on Instagram. I modeled my guillotine tool after his, um, and I the guillotine tool video did pretty well, and I hope that it drove some traffic back to him i was very clear in the video that i wouldn't be selling them and people actually listened and no one has emailed me asking to make them one so i'm hoping that Mm. of the hundred thousand people that watched the video a couple of them reached out to cliff and bought one of his because his are way nicer than mine anyway yeah so so i bought i bought a new machine this week um, oh by paul pinto i know oh boy um (laughs) <laughs> so on Ouch. on Friday morning, no, was it Thursday? Thursday morning, I found a uh, Bridgeport clone on Facebook Marketplace. No, on Craigslist. Messaged the guy through email, um, and it was already disassembled. So I was like, "Oh, this is this is actually good because when you move a Bridgeport with an engine crane, you have to take it apart uh, to a certain extent. You really only take it apart into three pieces and it's really easy to move in three pieces. This guy had taken his completely apart to much more than three pieces. He had the head was off. The Ram was off. The table was off. All the Gibbs were out. Um, the knee was out. Everything was, and it was stored all over the place. He had some of the pieces in his storage unit. And then he had some of the pieces that he told me he had brought from his house. And that turned out to be a problem. So drove up to Connecticut Friday morning and met the guy at the storage unit. You know, super nice guy. He was an old machinery uh, repair man. He had his own machinery repair business doing, you know, repairing manual machines, which I thought was really interesting. 
And he was really nice and helpful. And me and Paul, you know, used the engine crane, loaded it into the truck. And because it was broken down into so many pieces, it was actually like it sprawled across my entire vehicle, which was super annoying. You know, like, Paul, you've never seen me take apart one of them my way, but yeah. when I take them my way. It's literally the head and the ram are together and then mm-hmm. me and the table are together and the base is one. Piece. Yeah, it's just three pieces. So three pieces. It doesn't, it doesn't take a long time. This thing was like just, nine pieces. <laughs> oh, my God. And so because like nine pieces is nine lifts with the engine crane so me and paul wound up hand hand picking up everything but the base yeah into the truck, which me and macklin weighed everything not really intentionally but we left the scale on the crane when we got back to the shop every part of that machine weighs over 200 pounds so everything that we lifted up into the truck was at least like two something um so i get home I got to see Paul's new shop, which was amazing. And I got to see the, uh, the new giant skateboard, which everybody should go watch Paul's video. Um, the giant skateboard video, if you haven't already. And we get home and me and Macklin, you know, start bringing the pieces inside. And it just, you know, every time I'd pull out another piece, I'd be like, I would remember like, Oh, I hope I have these, or I hope I have these bolts, or I hope I have that. And then by the time we got down to the last, pieces which was the cross slide table which is a 42 inch table i realized that i was missing like a super important part which is the screw that holds the x and the y nut um and i was like holy shit of all the things that i didn't make sure that i had that was such an important piece and that that was a that's a 200 piece now the only like saving grace was that the guy had the listing for he had the listing for $150 less than he had in the description. And he wound up taking it for the lesser price. I tried to give him more because he gave me a bunch of other stuff. He gave me like five vices and a surface plate and all this other garbage, mm. uh, floor, de- floor decorations. I yeah. called them just but what you I will, need. I will have, you know, that my old Bridgeport already has a buyer. Um, it's not somebody that we know. It's some guy. I think he's a mechanic. Um, he offered me less than I was asking, but he's, claims he's going to get it this week so it'll be out and i will go back to having one milling machine and i I will go back to having three milling machines oh well yeah once one full-size milling machine (laughs) and then oh this is the best part so i posted all this stuff on my instagram and i was complaining about how you know like i thought i got burned by this guy whatever so like five minutes later the guys at stamp yours in cleveland send me a message. They're like, hey, we decided we want to get rid of our Bridgeport and it's exactly the machine that I want. It's a, oh my God. It's a very speed Bridgeport. It's in such good condition and it's like they're exactly the right price. So I go, I turn to my girlfriend and I go, do you want to go to Cleveland for a weekend? And she's like, she goes, oh, well, I don't know. Like if it's open and we could go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and make it into a little vacation, like why not? So I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but just get that one. I should get, one, get just, the right one because I know that's, that's the right. one you want, and this one really you don't want it. You just I don't even know why you bought it because it was five hundred bucks. First red flag, <laughs> that's right. a Bridgeport that's five hundred dollars. That's a red flag, especially online. Yeah, but you got to go get the, the well, right listen, one. The, this is not even a Bridgeport. It's so funny. It's a end, Hartford, which is another city in Connecticut. Hartford. They just picked another city yeah, in Connecticut to name it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, the, the, the guys that stamp yours. And the other thing, too, is, like, we know those guys. And then you know, know that that machine is a nice oh, yeah, machine. It's, a good it's machine. coming out of their shop. 
What'd you say? Call it a waterberry? Yeah, oh my so god, that's the other. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I went to freaking school. What are, what are they getting? Oh, the are Chinese they, school. Are they, um, are they replacing that with another machine? They must be getting something cool. They probably got another CNC yeah. machine. I mean, I remember when yeah. we went out to their shop. And shout out to the guys at Stamp Yours because they've got a really cool setup. They're awesome. Out in Cleveland, it's two brothers. And they, they make beautiful stuff, and they were super uh, super accommodating to us when we were out there. But I think they probably just, you know, need room for another machine that actually makes them money because <laughs> I'm yeah. sure that this, like, manual bridge port is, like, just something that they have in the shop. I think they had in two reality, of them, too. They had a couple manual mills. They might yeah, have, like, two. It's funny because um, uh, one of the brothers sent me a text, and I had another text from him in my phone, but I hadn't saved his, his number and it was a picture of all of us at Stamp Yours. And I was like, I was going to post it on Instagram the other day, but I forgot. But yeah, so I think, you know, I mean, listen, it's if it works out that I can get out there and get it from them, I would probably feel the best buying it from them because I know that they took care of it and it would avoid me dealing with like an auctioneer or, you know, and they've got a forklift. They'll literally just put it right in the back yeah. of my truck and I'll just drive home with it. That's and then nice. once I get home, I'll deal with it. So, you know, it's like kind of just, funny that after all this you know i'm gonna yeah. wind up buying another one but you know the 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 market for used bridge ports in this area has gotten insane and i know you guys probably don't even look for them but i've been trying to find one for my friend lucas for like the right price and um it's like everything has just gotten to be like so inflated and i don't know if these guys are actually selling them for these prices like guys are asking like 3500 bucks Wow, for a Bridgeport a when like you can easily get one at an auction for fifteen hundred dollars. You yeah, know, you have to deal with it, but like it's not hard to find a Bridgeport at an auction for fifteen hundred bucks. There's a guy in Connecticut who's who's got him listed for seven thousand dollars. That's insane. Got, like, Unless they're like restored, months. like and they're hand, all like freshly like scraped and I don't know. That's crazy to me. It's seven thousand. Mean, maybe, maybe if they're completely rebuilt, and I, I get would, it. Like you yeah, know, buying those machines brand new, buying a milling machine, even like from Grizzly. You know, if you bought a brand new, you know, uh, milling machine, they like ten thousand or twelve thousand, probably ten thousand bucks. But you know, it's I don't know. I guess it's, there are some definitely some applications where somebody just goes on Grizzly. Like you can buy a nine by forty nine mill, a bridge, essentially a Bridgeport with a DRO from Grizzly for sixty six hundred bucks. Oh, really? Or a variable speed, brand new, ten by fifty with a power feed, a DRO, and a variable speed head. For $8,000, $600 shipping. So $8,600 to your door. And this is a brand new machine. Mm. You know, so to spend like 6000 on an old Bridgeport, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's worth it. I guess it would depend on who rebuilt Big it. Big difference. Yeah, if it's totally rebuilt and like hand scraped and painted and like mm-hmm. like new, I would rather have the Bridgeport just because of yeah. like the name and it's probably built. The quality of the cast iron is probably Cast-ins better. better. But if it's just a like used old one, like that's insane. Like that doesn't even make sense. You should probably pay, be- yeah, like between a thousand and like twenty five hundred bucks, maybe on the high end for one. Yeah, I think like a good very speed head, you know, uh, in this neighborhood is about twenty five hundred bucks. But yeah. I was talking to uh, the Infinite Craftsman; he's been looking for one, and and he's saying that you know they keep popping up near him, but they're all like you said, like thirty five hundred bucks. That's crazy. That's a lot. So I I don't know. I don't know if uh, like I said, I don't know if people are getting these prices. But I kind of feel like I keep seeing the same ones when every time I look on uh, on Craigslist. So I don't I don't think that these guys are getting the uh, the money that they're asking for some of these 
for some of these machines. Yeah. But yeah so the five hundred dollar Bridgeport almost turned into a seven hundred dollar Bridgeport, and the and the RAM was broken. But that I think was was really a. Uh, I really think that that was something that he didn't know about because so the guy that I, I bought it from he had it in the basement of his house and he was telling me paul before you got there that the way they got it out of his house was the rigger brought a boom crane and took a window out in his house and got a boom crane down over to the basement staircase so they could drag the machine up the up from the basement so i have a feeling that this thing got broken when it was moved and he yeah. didn't even realize this but he was so nice that day and he was so nice sending me the the part he literally put the part in the mail within 15 minutes of him finding it yeah so i mean that um, that, I that probably him. cost him so much money he, he would have been better off smashing that thing with a sledgehammer in his basement taking it out with in pieces between booming it out paying for a storage unit and i know selling it for 500 oh yeah, but I, think I don't know. I might have been telling Derek about my friend who had a uh, he had a storage unit in Brooklyn where he kept a table saw and a and a oh chop saw god. for two years, and he was paying one hundred and twenty dollars. Oh month. my god, he could have so bought over three. those two years. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and it was like a crappy like Dewalt jobs. He could have bought a saw. saw stop and a Festool, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Yep, for all that. You know what? You're lucky you're crazy, though, and you're the only one who has just a spare Bridgeport head laying around, ready yeah, to go. A, an extra Bridgeport Ram just kind of chilling. Like, who even has that? That That's really, like, the only that's thing. Going, that yeah. saved you. 100%, because otherwise that really would have taken the whole... I mean, I probably could have still resold the machine, but for what I wanted the machine for, not having the the uh, the RAM be able to nod mm. uh, really was, like, terrible. You know, it was like, that was crushing, because the, the, the nut that was missing, that's an easy replacement. You can find those all day on eBay, but to have the RAM be broken, and really broken, I mean, like, the casting is completely destroyed. Wow. Um you know, the Ram now, the harder part now is going to be for me to convince young Lewis to scrap the old Ram. I want to put it in the back of his Buick and I'm going to make him bring it to oh, the scrap, scrap it. Right? It's going to pound. going to make $16 on that, uh, on that drive. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just funny. It's funny the way it works where, you know, like I bought a Ram and a head off of another machine and I happen to have a Ram sitting in my shop that'll perfectly fit on there. So I guess it all worked out in the end, right? What made you buy that extra RAM and head? Like, so I bought that. I only wanted the head. Um, I was going to. There was a, a Bridgeport. Uh, it wasn't a Bridgeport. It's a. It was a Supermax, and it had been on Craigslist for a while for uh, two hundred and fifty bucks. And of course, the guy was getting emails like every day on it. But the thing had been used in a shop where they did a lot of uh, glass work, and they mm. used a corrosive coolant a corrosive flood coolant on that machine so all the gibs and waves had been so destroyed on the machine that you couldn't tram them back in like it was just the machine was shot and they and they had raided the machine of like all the all the lead screws anything that was worth it on this machine the machine shop guys had already taken if you got if you bought it for 250 bucks you know you could have probably done something with it so i had emailed them and asked them to sell me sell me just the head because i have a a secret project that i'm going to be i needed a a milling machine head for and the guy told me no twice 
And hmm. then a couple months went by and then I saw the machine was back on Craigslist. And I said, listen, dude, I'll give you the 250 if you just take the head off and give it to me. Like, I'm not trying to like give you 20 bucks for it. I'm not trying to part the machine out. I said, I just need the head. I don't want the whole thing. And I signed it. Uh, I, 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 I finished the email and I wrote like, um, I'll buy it. I'll bring an engine crane. You literally will just have to let me into the building and I will take the head out and I'll be gone. And I wrote like, thanks so much. Here's my name and number. And I wrote like Chris Zepp and I put my phone number and he responded. He goes, wait, are you Chris Zepp from the make everything YouTube channel? Uh, he, goes, when you said the engine crane, he goes, I knew it was you. And he said, yeah, come by and, and you can have it. So, um, so when we were there just to make life easy, I said, why don't we just take the Ram and lift it with the forklift and I'll take the Ram and the head if it doesn't matter to you. And it was honestly so much easier than trying to pull the head off and like carry it without destroying it. Lucky you freaking did that. Oh my God. Yeah. So he forklifted it right into the back of my truck and you know, it's just been sitting, sitting around waiting for me to do this project with the head. So now it'll be good. I mean, you know, otherwise it was literally going in the garbage. So Jimmy gets free transports. Chris gets free heads for Bridgeports. That's right. And I get to drive through Bridgeport. Yeah, and you get to drive through Bridgeport and try not to get robbed. But yeah, no, otherwise, I mean, it was fun. I got to hang out with Paul, too, which was cool. I haven't seen Paul in a couple of months. Yeah. So. Thank God you came and helped me. Otherwise, I would have been there all freaking day. Oh, yeah, you and that poor old guy <laughs> would have been lifting those things into your van. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, I would have just been engine craning everything. Yeah, he would have been engine craning everything. Time, just slowly god. cranking the engine crane up. Oh, my God. I'd oh. like to throw my engine crane off a cliff. I haven't even looked in that thing's direction since I got this forklift. I'll take it. It's the I'll worst. It. You Actually, want it? You want I, two? I'll take it 100%. I'll keep – I'll have one. Uh, I'll have one at the house, and I'll have one at the shop. It's funny you said that I was actually thinking of bringing mine to the house, but I don't even want it at the house because like I had to take like the generator from my shop to the house and I couldn't get it out of my truck. So I was like, God, mm-hmm. I wish I had the engine right yep. about now. I was going to say, I would keep it at your house because there will be the time where you like have something heavy in the back of your truck yeah. and you just don't put it in your truck anymore. Yeah. You know, like, I do that all the time where like I'll have like tools in my truck and I'll have to drive somewhere that obviously I won't need them. And I'm like, shoot, now I got to go to the shop. I got to unload these things or like, you know, I, I got to utilize all this, this equipment just to get this stuff out of my car. You know, it's super annoying. It's amazing. Those things don't just completely explode. It's, it's like gotta be the strongest steel I've ever seen. It's like a two by two by eighth inch wall piece of tube and you lift 4,000 pounds with it. Like it doesn't even make sense. All and, and those little teeny tiny welds, mm-hmm. a little bit of spatter still on them under the paint. It's my, unreal. My uh, crane part where the, the outer tube versus the telescoping tube that's inside yeah. it has started to open up on the end. Oh, really? Because Why, is it cracking it? It's not cracking. It's just you can see it's starting to warp. Oh. So I, I think I have to build, uh, put a gusset around it or something so that it doesn't fail one day. Because I think I probably picked something up that was over a thousand pounds when it was set on half ton when, you know, the ra- the thing was all the way out. But yeah. you guys follow um, Dave from Parts and Restoration. When he bought one of his print, excuse me, I don't think he, I don't think he bought it. I think he took, found it in an old building, but he picked up one of those big printing presses, this type that Jimmy uses. Yeah. And he had one of the engine crane legs completely fail and Whoa. he had a ram completely fail. 
and he he just sold the the printing press and he said he was going to put out the video of him trying to move it because like it had to be crazy i remember the day that he was posting on his instagram story where like the engine crane kept breaking he was running over to harbor freight to buy another ram and and like he barely got this thing on, onto a trailer i think he broke like a u-haul trailer because the thing oh my was way heavier than he thought you know i think it weighed like three thousand pounds and Whoa. it's just so funny because i think about how jimmy picks his up with that stupid hoist hanging from like a, a, like yeah. a, a twig above the doorway yeah and i'm like wow <laughs> this thing like obliterated an engine crane that I know for a fact can lift well over 2,000 pounds pretty pretty safely. Mm. Just the way Jimmy's moved his just made, made it so much sketchier. How about when Jimmy <laughs> picked up that huge lathe over that uh, over the doorway with the uh, the chain hoist? I okay, guess no uh, RR Buildings builds an, a solid building because yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he trusts Absolutely. that too much. The one at his shop, the one at his barn is is one thing. The one at the shop oh, that he rents, I don't even know what that's attached to. Probably like a rusty think, piece of I don't think anybody metal. knows what it's attached yeah. to. It's uh it's you know, it's held up by the pigeon poop. <laughs> thank God this What'd you say, Derek? Of, I said thank God there's a ton of pigeon poop. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well at least now he finally got a forklift, so I know he's not allowed to drive. But why is he not allowed so, to drive it? apparently Aaron is uh, like, he's the only one that drives it around. Oh my God. I think they should take it to the racetrack and they should race it around in circles. Aaron's yeah. trying to pick up with it. That's right. What, uh, what do you got coming up next, Paul? I know when we were talking on a Friday, you were talking about a bunch of work you guys are planning and new stuff that's coming up. Um, yeah. So I just, well, I just did a little job actually yesterday. Um, I just, put in four different pieces of railings at a uh, house in Westport. They came out really nice, but we are going to be building a, actually two pretty big buildings in the near future. Um, and so we've been doing the anchor bolts. We ordered anchor bolts and leveling plates and been dropping loads of those off um, to the concrete guys and they've been setting them in the concrete. Um, and so I'll have a lot more content coming up about that particular building, which should be happening in the next month or so. Um, so that should be pretty cool. That's exciting. Are these residential projects? No, again, they're, they're, uh, they're commercial. They're commercial. Yeah. So they're really big. Exciting. what's that? Oh, the railings, those railings, Paul, how long, yeah, how long does it take you to like fabricate those in your shop? Um, you I don't know. You could probably, probably like a day and a half, like if, if it's just me, because you got, it takes like half yeah. a day to cut everything out and then putting them together and then painting them. It depends. I, I haven't really kept track because yeah. my days get kind of split up with different things, but then I had one of my guys helping me with them too. But um, the, yeah. the biggest pain in the ass is painting them. I need to get better at painting. you, how do you like, so when it comes in, like you have to clean all the steel and everything, right? Like, so what do you, yeah, you got to like, clean it and, and degrease it and scrub yeah. all the grease off of it. And then I'd like, I need a sandblaster cause I really would be much easier to just sandblast everything. But yeah. those are expensive cause I need a huge yeah, compressor yeah, for a sandblaster. Cause it looked really nice, but I was thinking that it's gotta be a pain in the ass to paint it. It was a nightmare. Like I had to sand everything again. And of course, once you bring it on site, yeah, you get scratched, so you have to yeah. then sand it again. And we, we like, yeah. with a roller, like, went over everything, but it ended up being good. I finally think I have a decent paint that I found at Sherman Williams. 
yeah it's, it seemed to work pretty well but the problem is it was so dark in here when i was spraying like yeah. i couldn't see because i need to get better lights missed a bunch of spots yeah no i i sprayed too much on and there was a couple uh-huh. drips and we had to like sand them off and touch them up but what are you gonna do i gotta yeah, get you a definitely need like an, a, a big a big spot can you get the uh, sand blasting outsourced yeah i, I have a know. guy that could come actually that blasted those um stairs he came and did yeah. those stairs um a specific, you know because the i-beams have a lot more mill scale than just mm-hmm. like tube but i gotta get one i actually have the smaller tip for this uh, paint gun right here which i need to try so this should make a difference too because just too yeah. much paint was coming out of the gun like it was like out of control yeah, yeah that's the thing about those and and aside from the bad finish it's just the efficiency i remember when we were working uh, in construction and you know we had a pretty nice sprayer you know one of those what it was Graco, a Graco, yeah. you know, where you put in the five gallon pail and macklin uh had to paint <laughs> all the corner boards for a house and he went through it was like an unbelievable amount of paint. oh it's so- you know like it probably would have been like two gallons with a roller and he used like maybe 12 gallons yeah. with the sprayer and it was everywhere it's so you know? wasteful. but i mean if you're if you're a if you're a guy that sprays though you know how to tune the, yeah. the sprayer so that it's giving you just the right amount that's what you know, that's the thing i need to work on that's you why need I to just hire somebody that's good at it i know once it. i get big enough and we have more people and more jobs i would just have to have a painting guy that we'll make you a spray doing. paint shaker for uh for your saws yeah. that's big enough to for the, five, yeah, gallon for the five gallon you know cans of shop primer who want to Derek? Giveaway? what do you got coming up no no don't talk about the giveaway let's talk about what you have doing next um, I don't know what I have coming up next, to be honest with you. I have, uh, I wasn't planning on doing anything and things have changed. So I got to find something to do next week. But, um, no, I have a couple things. I, um, had somebody email me about, um, like a built-in cabinet at their house. So I'm talking with that woman about doing that. And, um, it's funny, my brother-in-law, he messaged me, he wants a chair made and he said, um, I had no idea what he's talking about. He goes, oh, I got a back to a fighting chair. I was like, what the hell is a fighting chair? So he's a, owns oh, a, boat a boat shop. Yeah, he owns a boat shop up in Marblehead. And it's I think it's a Miller fighting chair. And uh, he sent me a picture of it. It's really cool. It's, it must be like teak and chrome sides. It's like kind of like a ladder pattern. But he wants like a high back stool made out of it. So... I got to talk with him, and I think that would be really cool to make it. Um, it's just really cool looking piece, but uh, but that's about it. I don't know. Uh, I have too much going on, so maybe a fighting chair. Nice fighting chair. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that'd be a good YouTube video, just because people will click it. Yeah, because it's called a fighting chair. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, what the? Hell? I don't even know what that is. It's you no know, one they get the big fishing poles. Yeah. And the guy on us. Oh, it, okay. You belt yourself into the chair so you can like so you don't you get know, sucked into the water thing. exactly but you don't want to get sucked the boat gets sucked into the water <laughs> yeah. did you see that on the qualified captain i was gonna send it to you today. oh i love that i'm so glad you guys told me about that account the one day, all, all the, the boats, all the boats were on the shore and this they were getting smashed tank. oh my god it was crazy it was crazy <laughs> oh love that actually he's the one that turned me on to the qualified captain it's just it's amazing there's a lot of speed. yeah not having a boat is great yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well i'm a wakeboarder yeah, Paul, now, you can so buy I as many wakeboards 
No, no, no. Buy as many, but you have to tell your friends, listen, I'll buy the wakeboards if somebody yeah. else deals with the boat. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not the gonna best happen. deal on the planet. He's my friend Johnny, <laughs> whose boat we use, he's he's going away to school this year, and then he has a job in Boston right after he gets out of school, so now I don't have a boat. Who's the boat? Just use it. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'll just go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he ain't taking the boat to Boston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess I just got to go use it with my other friends. I'll do yeah, a long-term lease. Yeah, that's kind of what we have. Where like my friend, you know, said to me, he wanted to give me this boat, and I was like, dude, I have no way to deal with this thing. So I kind of pushed it off onto Macklin. I was like, hey, you know, why don't you sort of take this boat from Andy, and then we'll use it, you know, and maybe you know we'll go out on it, whatever. And just the other day, I was talking to him. I'm like, dude, how's the boat? Like, what's going on? And he was like, he's like, I don't know. He goes, I got to talk to Andy. I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. He's like, I, <laughs> he might lose his. He's in a garage near my house that he rents, and the house that he, the the house the garage that is for sale. So he's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, you know, if I if I lose the garage, what the hell am I gonna do with this boat? And I know my friend Andy just moved, he just moved too. So it's just like we're gonna have this boat that nobody's gonna want to deal with. I, I don't think it's wakeboard uh, compatible, Paul. Oh yeah. But uh, if it is, then maybe it's got to go up to uh, Fairfield for a little bit. Oh boy, I, you could tow with your motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what kind of boat is it? Like what? It's like a center console. Oh like, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I don't think it's uh it's also so it had a thirty horsepower motor on it and then Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, gonna the, work. <laughs> well no, so the, the thirty horsepower motor uh blew up and he was gonna replace it. Actually, Derek, I was I was talking to Derek about it. this was like a year ago, and he had found, you know, the exact same motor up in Boston. He was gonna go and get it, blah blah blah. And then he finds a fifty horsepower Evinrude motor for two hundred and fifty bucks oh on Long God. Island. That's cheap. That seems and like a cheap. He's like, he messages the guy. He's like, dude, I want it. So he goes out, he picks up this motor and the guy's like, oh no, you know, he's, it was 250 bucks, but it wouldn't go into reverse. And the guy was like, it's a linkage problem. It's not a transmit, you know, it's not something within the motor. So he goes out, he picks up the motor, he brings it back, takes him like five minutes to fix the reverse thing. It was literally just like a loose linkage, oh, that's good. but he put this 50 horsepower motor on the back of a boat that had a 30. So when you're in it, as soon as you see the boat, it's like, up on oh, a 45 yeah. degree angle so <laughs> so he sends me a video of him riding it we did all he did all this work to it gets it all mounted up and then he's like dude i hope when i get in the water i don't just immediately do like a cigar boat backflip uh, and just like wind up in the in the air and uh it, i guess it works out but macklin said the motor is way too big for the boat and it, you feel every wave hitting your feet like you know through the hall he's like i just feel like this thing's just gonna blow up on these days oh my god yeah he also out on the water the other night the the motor the the motor just shut off he doesn't know what happened and his phone was dead and the sun was setting oh my he god because <laughs> he was way out in the sound and he had an oar but he was like dude i don't think i would have been able to physically paddle myself back and he happened to see somebody and wave him down and they towed him back in That's I was crazy like, I was like, this is why i'm on land baby i'm on land <laughs> My buddy. Yeah, I don't like boats in the ocean, especially in Long Island Sound. That's what we were. This was before cell phones. I'm a little bit older than you, Paul. But uh, I'll never forget, we coming in, and we're paddling in, and finally somebody tows us. And one of my buddies, he took the engine cover. It's like a clamshell. 
for the outboard, and he's mm-hmm. like wrapped himself in the in the engine cover because he was just freezing cold. It was just it was the most <laughs> oh my god experience. Yeah, my father's standing on this bridge as we're getting towed under it. Like if looks could kill, oh my god, my old man would fucking kill us. You think about it now, it's apparent. We go out on my buddy's boat, and we're supposed to be back at like four o'clock in the afternoon. This is like eleven o'clock at oh night. Oh my god, you probably thought you're all dead. Dead, yeah, you know. So, well, speaking oh of thinking that you're all dead, uh, I think we should save it for the next episode, Paul. But eventually, we're gonna have to hear the Paul Pinto story about oh. what happened with Paul Pinto Senior yeah. calling the Coast Guard to uh yeah. to rescue yeah. you but we're at about an hour so why don't we yeah. uh why don't we talk about what we've been watching on on youtube and instagram lately what do you guys got um well now that i'm a motorcyclist i've been watching oh. <laughs> um i've been watching max i've been looking at maxwell hayes and chris you you told me about the it best. so cool like the stuff the is best. so beautiful the motorcycles this kid makes he's like a cool guy too like he's like the type yeah. of guy like i want to be that guy like he lives in la like he's a good looking guy he does he makes these like custom motorcycles he works like in a cool building in this cool shop i remember seeing him with anthony mm-hmm. bourdain years ago and then you told me about him I'm like oh my yep. god that's the kid I, yeah. I saw that one time but like just unbelievable motorcycles like they're just works of art unreal Maxwell, Max Hazen. Yeah, Max Hazen. He, uh, what, one of the most amazing things about the work he does is he takes, like, he'll buy like a three, three inch by three inch by eight inch block of steel or aluminum. And, he does a lot to it. Yeah. Or aluminum. And he'll carve, yeah. essentially carve like, crazy. You know, the, like the, the, like the forward controls or like, or like the, or like the, the triple tree. Yeah. Derek. He'll carve it out of one solid piece of steel. Insane. And his, he's not like tooled up with like a big, like Haas CNC. He's got like maybe a milling machine, some drill presses and a, just a bunch of grinders. Yeah. He'll literally do it all the work with a grinder and then go full mirror polish. He's amazing. Isn't he like, like, won a bunch of awards and stuff like he always wins all like the bike like building awards and stuff yeah every time he he, uh he wins bike of the year all the time yeah and he built two i think he only builds two a year it takes him six months to build a bike yeah and and even still sometimes he gets like 90 percent through a build and he realizes that like you know something's wrong and he has to go do all this crazy reworking and yeah you know but that's just what he does you know and it's it's amazing it's funny um my old boss who's a home builder was friends with max hazen's dad and built oh, no way. his dad's house on long island and would send uh one day he sent me and Macklin an email. He goes, Oh, this is my friend. I don't remember what his dad, what Max's dad's name is. He goes, Oh, my friend's son, Max apparently is a, is a pretty big motorcycle builder. And I had already known who Max Hazen was and like, it's like sweating his work. I would like, I looked at all his stuff, like, cause I just thought his bikes were so cool. And I'm like, wait a second, you're friends with him. And he's like, yeah, apparently, Oh, actually this is the other thing. He used to be the sailing instructor at the Seacliff yacht club, which is oh, in wow. my town. Um, and uh yeah anyway but now he lives in la and i think he gets like three four hundred thousand dollars he has to yeah it's the only channel or is it moto g i don't think he has a youtube channel no he doesn't have a youtube channel he's on instagram Uh, there's probably videos about his bikes on youtube yeah yeah there's a ton of them but nothing they're like the type of thing you'd like walk into some like huge like new york city like penthouse and they have like a motorcycle like on display like in the apartment they're like crazy (laughs) motorcycles i saw one where i think he linked two engines together yeah so that's funny 
So that's the same engine that's on my Royal Enfield. Oh, no way. So that's a, a Bullet 350. There's a guy. Uh, so those bikes are manufactured in India now. There's a guy in, he's from India, but I think he's in, I think he's in Connecticut or Jersey and he'll make them into a V-twin. So he'll take two Royal Enfield 350 motors and like morph them together into a V-twin. And it's funny because my first bike being an Enfield, Enfield, I found a lot about, I found a lot of information on one of his first like really popular bills that put him on the map was an Enfield. Um, and I saw it in Brooklyn once and it had a wooden seat. And it's so funny because my Enfield also had a wooden seat and it was like huh. kind of just coincidence. And, uh, but his, his bikes are funny too, because he'll post videos or he'll post photos of them, ri- him riding them and be like, this is an absolutely horrible bike to ride. <laughs> you know, like they're not made really to be ridden. No, more than they're like, like down the block. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff. Everybody go check out uh, Max Hazen's work. For sure. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. And I can't find it. And I'm on the Explorer page. Derek, what the hell is going on here? His oh, Instagram is Maxwell, Maxwell, H-A-Z-A-N. What the hell is Maxwell that? Hazen. That's freaking Chad from Minecraft and TikTok video. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Chad's everywhere. Well, none of our listeners uh, saw that because they all unfollowed him. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that they could win the giveaway that we didn't do. Uh, Derek, what are you watching these days? I was watching, I don't know if we talked about it before, but um, Nail Pask Makes. Oh, from- that's a, that was mine. <laughs> was it? Dude, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, Two the, times the in a row we stole, we stole your things. The machinist chair. Dude, he is so crazy. I watch him, right? And, like, he's explaining it. And I'm like, that bostock like looks like he has to bend it on edge but like there's no way he's going to be able to do that and then he just does it like he just kills himself Mm -hmm. like no matter how tedious or how hard something is he just does it and it's unbelievable and i started watching him when he started that scrap wood challenge and he's like oh i'm gonna do 10 videos if i can get through 10 videos and he gets like the eighth one and everybody's like dude you got to keep going with this and i don't know how many videos he's up to now with the scrap wood challenge but he uh he just i just enjoy watching his stuff he just it, it makes stuff that's very difficult to make and he just makes it look easy and he's just very patient if he screws something up he does it over but that's it. Pask makes. I love his shit. Yeah, he did a. He made a bladeless fan out of wood. Yes. It's like, are you serious, dude? Whoa, like, are, like, who the hell would even think to do yeah, that? And then to yeah. execute. And it's oh, and it's all made out of scrap wood. It's not just like yeah. he bought the nicest yeah. stuff that was the perfect shape. It's all scrap wood yeah. to begin with. Well, like yeah, one of those Dyson ones that don't have any. Yes. Blades. Yeah. Yeah. It has a little fan motor in the bottom. Yeah. And it pushes the air out through like a cone, like a jet Whoa. engine. That's the same principle as the Dyson. And it's all made out of segmented wood. It's just, it's unreal. Yeah. No, Pask makes his new machinist chair. He uses a fly press to bend uh one by eighth inch stock. Uh-huh. And it's, it's so good. Paul, you, you gotta, I gotta watch, watch it. it. You, you'd love this guy. And he has like, he has like really this like super simple tools he really only has yeah. the kind of basic always that hand like with the yep. hand oh my god he's yep. so funny to watch but yeah it's just amazing what he does with that scrap wood too mm-hmm. just he, he just makes really really nice stuff so yeah huh. that's mine that's mine and chris's yeah what the hell i i now i'm now while we're talking i'm looking through the history on my yeah YouTube what do you have see who else that i've been watching that that's good. I, I I got. I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know. 
You could watch it. You could watch me on TikTok. Well, I guess what you could do, I guess I, I could I could do a self a self plug because uh, Anthony Panza, the kid that I built the ramp for, oh, put yeah. out this second video, the second build video uh, for the project, and it came out really good, really great. The video came out awesome. He's like a really good editor. Um, and yeah, if you want to see what went into the ramp building project before my video is out, which I have uh, eight full memory cards of footage from that project oh i haven't watched yet. so wow. if you want to watch that go check out anthony panza and uh his ramp his ramp project yeah that video was really good i like that video it was edited yeah. Yeah, nicely yeah it was he really does a great job and it's so funny too because you know like people talk about how like anybody you know could make youtube content and like everyone bitches about how oh i don't know how to edit it's so hard this kid has no editing and no photo, video, or editing training at all. He's completely learned from YouTube and just from doing it. And he's got 600,000 subscribers. He edits. He, right now he has a filmer, but he used to, he filmed and edited all his own videos. And if you watch this rant video, you'll see what like a really good, you know, concise and like captivating YouTube video yeah. can be that anybody could learn how to do, you know? Keep you entertained. Exactly. And I mean, like, you know, it, it's, it's 10 minutes long and it encompasses like five weeks of work, you know, and you know, there's a bunch of stuff where it's not just work. It's like, you know, whatever him kind of joking around and, you know, throwing the duffel bag of money at me, but you know, it's just, I feel like he's a good case study for all these people that say they want to make YouTube videos, but they can't figure out how to edit. It's like, you can, you just have to really, you got to really do it. Yeah. So that's mine. All right. all right so we'll talk about the giveaway we didn't do the giveaway all right we didn't do yeah, it Yeah, i forgot um everybody's everybody had a busy week but now it's episode 11 and we're gonna do the giveaway and i think i think what we should do i think what we should do is since we have a couple different things to give away i think we should maybe break up this giveaway into the next three episodes so maybe we'll do like spray paint shaker spray paint shaker and then like the third i don't know something else give them the uh broken ram for your bridgeport yeah, that's it. You can win. I'll, I'll give them pieces of the Bridgeport that I just bought. Um, and I think, I think every week, every week, one of us will, will give something away for the next three episodes. And I, I will, I'll, I'll make sure it happens. Can we find so, something else? Can I have the broken Ram? You can have the broken Ram for the, for the Bridgeport. Yeah. <laughs> you can have the broken Ram. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have it sent up on a pallet. I'll have it left right in front of your truck. Okay. It's almost like they'll leave it right in front of your truck in the morning, right before you send me stuff, but it'll be just shitty stuff instead of good stuff. (laughs) It'll be all the stuff that I don't want anymore. Yeah. I don't have room for, which is like 90% of the stuff in my shop. (laughs) Uh, But, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much what we're going to do. We're going to do three giveaways and where everyone's going to get, Paul's going to send you like some random stuff from the scrap in, in his metal shop. Derek will send mm. you spray paint shaker and, you know, some failed V carves from the CNC and I'll send you broken pieces of, of old tools and, uh, and some, something else. I don't know. Oh, some fared stuff. I was going to throw some fared stuff in a box. Nice. So, all right. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah, yeah it does. So Excited. thank you everybody for listening to episode 11 of the handmade podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out the other shows on the Makery Network. If you haven't listened to the Cliff Dufton interview on the Full Blast podcast, I highly recommend it. Cliff's an, uh, an amazing fabricator with a really interesting backstory, and uh, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great show. 
So follow the at Handmade Podcast on Instagram. I got it right this time. For information about the giveaway, check out Paul's skateboard video. Yep. Derek, what's your next video? Um, I don't know. I'll have to think. All right, check out the amp. Check out the birdhouse video. Check out Derek's birdhouse video. Is it over 500,000? It was right there when I last checked. I don't look anymore. Who cares? When you get get to be as successful as Derek. Yeah, you don't need to look anymore. It doesn't even matter. The problem is about two months ago, I I got the email that said, congratulations on 500,000. I was so excited. I told my kids and it was at 480. Well, it's probably your overall channel views. Yeah, it's at 494,000. We'll work on that. You're you're almost there. I started posting on TikTok. I'm going to compete with Chad now. I posted one video. No, two videos. Nice. I can't. Everybody follow Paul Pinto. on. What's your your TikTok? Oh, shoot. I don't know. Is it Pasta uh, King? No. <laughs> it's Paul Pinto Jr. I just Paul posted Pinto like an edited clip of like the skateboard. Nice. But follow follow Paul Pinto. Check out my new video where I uh, tell you I share uh, a couple of my favorite inexpensive welding tools. That's on uh, youtube.com slash make everything. Shameless plug. Uh, check that out. And I think that's about it. Episode 11. Thanks everybody for listening. We will see you guys next week. We'll be giving stuff away. Paul will be ripping the motorcycle. Yeah. Derek will have a beard. <laughs> Everything's going well. I'm Chris F. for Make Everything. I don't like this part, Chris, to be honest with Come you. Come on, Paul! They know who we are. Thank you. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm turning it off. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.